From the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. It's the Craig Needles Podcast here at ClassicRock981.com, LondonNewsToday.ca, wherever you get your podcast. And we are joined on the podcast this week to talk about uh, healthcare stories once again. It's a second time in a few weeks we've chatted here with uh, with Peter Bergman, it's the London Health Coalition, but stuff keeps coming up. So we got Peter back on the podcast. Peter, thank you for doing this. Yeah, and it's um, always my pleasure to get back on uh, about my favorite topic of advocacy for healthcare. So, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the big story that broke, and and we're doing this on uh, on, on Tuesday morning. Uh, the big story that broke right before the four day long weekend that just wrapped up for for Easter weekend. Uh, what happened was there was a statement posted the London Health Science Center website that said that they had reached some sort of agreement with Paul Woods, who of course was the former president and CEO of London Health Science Center in regards to his termination. We can talk about the that in just a second, but uh, this was uh, the, the the classic long weekend news dump. We found out there was some sort of agreement here. We don't know what the dollar figures attached and all that stuff are. Uh, Peter, what was your reaction to what we got from the hospital on Thursday afternoon right before that long weekend? Well, it's pretty... Uh predictable and they wanted it to be uh you know silently uh put out there to the public uh largely because they knew the outcome was going to be this way uh, mr woods was never terminated for just cause they themselves uh, at the board level of the day were basically you know saying that he hadn't done anything wrong as a leader but unfortunately, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, when the rest of society was being told that you have to stay in place, you know, he was uh, off to the United States and uh, visiting his fiancee and family, uh, while all the rest of us are being, uh, you know, held up in our homes. Um, and that being said, I mean, the, the board even had known of him doing this, and they granted him the permission to do so. It looks bad in the public eye, but he didn't do anything technically wrong. And with a high wage salary, such as a CEO of a hospital makes, uh, he had uh, a rightful claim to compensation that was lost. So there's tax dollars being spent needlessly in this legal suit, which has been supposedly uh, amicably settled. And we won't know because that's going to be sealed and that could have gone towards frontline care. And, uh, you know, again, a, another colossal misstep by the board at London Health Sciences Center. Yeah, it was uh, a pretty significant misstep. So here's let's just go back and talk about the circumstances of, of, of Paul Wood's departure. And I'll just catch the audience up if people aren't necessarily familiar with the story. So it, it comes out that Paul Woods has taken five trips to the United States uh, in early 2021. That's when it comes out and the trips were in 2020. Now, of course, in 2020, we were being told, hey, stay home, hey, stay home. And Paul Woods was not doing that. Now, according to this statement, he had permission from the board chair to cross the border or at least inform the previous board chair he's going to cross the border. Okay, fine. I don't necessarily need to get into that. Here is the problem that I think that the board ran into. They started out saying, oh, no, we're going to stand by this guy. This is fine. Everything's okay here. And then once they realized that the temperature had been turned up too much, 
they decided to cut him loose. And I'm of the belief that the reason the temperature was turned up so much, and people kind of forget this part of the story, is that just a few weeks before it broke that Paul Woods was going to and from the United States, he had also scolded London Health Sciences Center nurses for having potlucks at work and saying essentially that was why COVID outbreaks were happening, or at the very least implying that. And I think that if he hadn't have been doing that, he may have been able to survive the trips to the States. But once you're pinning COVID outbreaks on nurses bringing food to work, you're going to be in a real negative situation. Uh, Peter, do you, do, you, do, you, do you follow me there? Do you think that that's a, a good way to sort of wrap up the, the, the Paul Woods controversy? Was he sort of uh, created his own problems by his actions before we found out he was going to the States? Oh, absolutely, Craig. I, I seem to recall we were actually talking about uh, the finger pointing by mm-hmm. the administration in the day. And uh, that was absolutely one of those factors where you don't uh, say to the people who are putting their own lives at risk and uh, just trying to find a place to eat. Like they didn't even have proper uh, areas where they could space yet at that time and it was like so you're blaming them for what they are coming in to do the job and meanwhile you are quietly off to do your own little thing as if you're above the uh law for the rest of us and uh yeah that's absolutely stunk and uh you know again there's uh lhsc you know the board caught with its pants down and having to reverse itself because you you said it they they were feeling the heat like how can you have this kind of contradictory behavior yeah and and that's the thing i think the board found themselves in that spot is hey this guy has lost the staff and i don't know if we can keep him on because this guy has lost the staff and look does that mean that they get to fire him in exchange for zero dollars and break contracts and things along those lines probably not but he had lost the room and and the board kind of had to make a choice here. I think that if we want to be critical of the board, and I, and I want to know if you agree with this, Peter, uh, we should be critical of the board for not realizing and kind of reading the room on that before they stood by the guy and then letting him go after standing by him. Do you think that that's kind of the way that perhaps, you know, hindsight being what it is, but really for me, it wasn't hindsight. It kind of said it when it occurred. Uh, if they had just sort of come out strongly and said, hey, this guy's got to go, they may have had a different legal case on their hands here. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's uh, the board chair actually paid the price too. She uh, she departed uh, shortly after realizing that uh, they had totally misread, you know, the public sentiment here. And uh, so it's and these are voluntary positions on the board, right? So for them, the consequences are not as uh, dramatic as they are for the CEOs, but. Yeah, it's it's quite a reversal, and uh, they needed to show the public that you know, okay, it's time for uh, a leader that maybe uh, would be more respected by the uh, workforce. So, well, we've talked we talked about Jackie Schleifer Taylor last week, and uh, in, in in that situation, or a couple weeks ago, I should say, and we don't need to go back down that road again. But once again, we're talking about a controversy that involves the hospital board, a controversy that involves decisions where dollars instead of being sent to the front lines where you and I both think they belong are being sent to places in the boardroom or elsewhere. 
Do you think public confidence in the way our hospitals are being run is low right now? And do you think that's a problem, Peter? Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, I think all patients who come into a hospital right now still believe strongly in the value of the care they're going to get. But they really do probably question, you know, why are we not supporting these people who are run off their feet day in, day out? doing their utmost to keep us healthy and safe and why are they the ones that are being held out as if they have to be more resilient there's no more people that are more resilient than the hospital staff and yet uh, their leaders seem to find unbelievable ways how to insult their intelligence uh, by either taking advantage of being able to take enormous 40 percent pay hikes for themselves Meanwhile, they are held by legislation at a 1% wage cap, and they're the ones doing all the yeoman's work here. So uh, the public knows this. They realize that these people are the heroes, and they're probably wondering, you know, if you're the captain of a ship, why aren't you at least taking on the same level of hardship just so it at least looks like you care. But this is the problem. They don't look like they care and they seem like they're incredibly out of touch with uh, their workers and with the public sentiment at large. Yeah, and I feel the same way. And and I want to be clear. I, feel, I don't think that anyone, at least I haven't talked to anyone who goes in the London Health Science Center and say, oh, I don't think the nurses or doctors here really know what they're doing and they're doing a bad job for me. I don't think anyone believes that. I think there is some concern as far as the level of stress they're put through on the day-to-day basis and how much work they have to do, how much overtime they're doing and things along those lines. And I think that there is some concern about disconnect with the people who are running the hospital compared to the people who are, you know, working on the front lines of the hospital. And uh, I, I understand that some of that is going to be on the province. I get that. But it's still a situation where I think that there's some significant concern in the community. And I, I, I'm a little bit worried about that. Yeah. And you have every right to be your citizen, just like I am. Um, I was a recent patient myself, and I, I mean, I have nothing but praise for the public system that I went through. I couldn't have got better care uh, anywhere. Uh, but when you see, uh, you know, these uh, leaders who don't even seem to recognize that, uh, you know, you, you have to do more than lip service with your staff and uh, your recent uh, piece on the accreditation coupon vouchers that you know it would have been better if it was uh, just left alone uh accreditation is something that you know hospitals need to go through on an annual basis or at least every three years and they're a stringent set of standards and uh they're you know probably a, a great marking and way of deciding whether the hospital is living up to its uh, public health um, commitments. But, uh, you know, right hot on the heels of getting a 40% pay hike to the executive leader and then giving a $2.50 meal voucher within the hospital's own cafeteria. Uh, It it does not look good. And uh, you, you, probably uh, heard quite a few complaints from the staff themselves about that. So yeah, uh, my heart goes out to them. 
Yeah, I've, I've, I've definitely heard concerns from staff. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, Peter, and I'm sure that it's the same for you just based on uh, some of the work you do. I've received a lot of emails from people who are in the nursing department, people in maintenance, people in facilities, people who work at that hospital that talk very bluntly. And I've, I've read some of them on the podcast that talk very, very bluntly about the working conditions there right now and how they're concerned about the quality of the hospital right now. And and if, if the people who are there every day are concerned about it, then I'm concerned about it too. Yeah, well, you, you have every right to be. Um, they're still grossly understaffed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not blaming them. I'm blaming the lack of staffing yeah. for sure. Yeah. And this kind of news doesn't help. Uh, we spoke about it last time. Is about, you know, how do you attract and retain staff when uh, they're being, you know, you know, treated like, they're the uh, bottom of the barrel, and uh, those who barely uh, dirty a finger are, are getting, uh, you know, the supreme treatment and the best salaries. And uh, down the road, you know, our own government is still fighting the appeal on Bill 123, and, and it's it's the wage cap that's being imposed unconstitutionally, even. And uh, our own government is using our dollars to fight the people we celebrate, supposedly. So, you know, all of these things are mixing together. And it's you're not going to get the staffing levels that you need to provide good quality patient care if you're going to fight the people who are going to do the care. What do you think the board should be doing here? So you mentioned there's been some changes at the board. So Phyllis Reddy, the board chair. I've invited her to appear on this podcast. As of right now, when you and I are recording this, I have not heard back either way. Uh, we'll see. Uh, perhaps later in the podcast, you're going to hear an interview with her tagged on. Uh, uh, dear listener, I do not know what's going to happen, but by the time that you hear this podcast, you will. Either way, what do you think the board should be doing right now, Peter? Well, they should certainly start being a little bit more transparent and open. I know they don't have to have board elections yet in this province. It would have been the... Uh, ultimate best outcome eventually but uh right now that board needs to be a little more transparent it's in the middle of a strategic planning process that again would be an opportunity to open up the workings of the executive grouping and uh but what do we get is very small intimate uh settings with insiders who uh you know, already have preordained ideas of what they are going to try to ask for the government to provide for them. So uh, without the transparency, they're, they're going to keep going in this spiral of always, you know, being caught out in the open when they didn't actually listen to the input of the community. And I'm hoping that they're going to actually get their act together now and talk to the community and open it up to their workers so that they can get an honest dialogue here. I I, I hope so too. We'll we'll see what happens, but it's uh it's yeah, it's not been uh it's not been a good few weeks here, put it that way. Uh and I, I get why some folks are frustrated. Uh Peter, what's uh what's sort of coming up on on your end? What are you looking at when it comes to advocacy surrounding healthcare, uh, not just in our community, but province wide in the next little while here? Well, it's the biggest uh, threat to uh, public uh, single-tier health care we've ever seen, and that's uh, coming out of uh, Bill 60, the we call it the Privatization Hospital Act, and uh, we're, we're going to have a massive fight-back campaign 
uh, against the Ford government ramming this through. Literally, it will transfer up to 50% of our hospital inpatient cases into for-profit clinics using our dollars to do it. And meanwhile, starving the public hospital system. And again, back to our points here, how do you how do you staff a hospital if there's no attractive reason for people to be there? And um, it's it's literally the generational fight we're going to have in Ontario. Um, we uh, are going to make it a very public, uh, citizen-driven campaign, and it's going to have a, a component of a referendum involved. And uh, we're we're hoping to deliver a very strong message to Queens Park by the end of May that uh, this government has to reverse its course on its agenda of privatizing everything, and we're going to fight like hell to make sure the public stops them. Peter, as always, uh, good to chat with you. Glad you give us a couple of minutes on uh, on this story, and uh, I hope we'll. Uh... Uh, we'll, we'll help. We'll chat again soon, but hopefully not too soon. I'd like there to be a, a couple of weeks where we don't have a hospital controversy story. <laughs> as long as there's no <laughs> hospital controversy, there's enough out of Queens Park as there is. Yeah. Peter, thanks a lot for this. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks so much, Craig. There's Peter Bergmanis, who of course is with the London Health Coalition, joining us here on the Craig Needles podcast, talking about what went on with Paul Woods, some other hospital stuff. So just to catch you up on the Woods thing, as I said to Peter, I think that the guy would still have kept his job. If he wasn't going after nurses in the media, you know, six weeks before that scandal broke, he was. So we got canned. I don't think the board had much of a choice there. Maybe they didn't handle it perfectly, but I really don't think the board had much of a choice. The guy had lost the ability to lead the hospital and they were going into that legal battle with him with a loser of a case. So I'm not saying it's their fault that they had to give what I think is probably a significant payout to Paul Woods. And I said on Twitter, this does not sound like a statement, the statement from the hospital, of a party that got what they wanted in a legal settlement. And I asked some lawyer friends, what do you think? And some responded on Twitter, shout out Mike Peerless, uh, said, no, this does not sound like a statement from a party that got what they want. Other lawyer friends who I asked privately said the very same thing. This sounds like someone who is being conciliatory. I don't know what the settlement says. We probably never will. But the LHSC came off in that statement as being conciliatory. Also, that statement was set out, sent out on a Thursday around 4.30 ahead of a four-day weekend, friends. For most people, not everybody. Some people work Monday. But for a lot of employees in various comms roles, that's a four-day weekend, right? So you can send that statement out. They didn't, by the way, to peel back the curtain a little bit. Usually when the LHSC sends out a media release, it gets emailed to my inbox and my colleagues' inboxes, right? So we don't have to go looking for it. It just goes right to our inbox. They didn't use that email system for this one. They just posted that on their website and walked away whistling. Again, that doesn't come off to me like the behavior of someone who got what they wanted out of a legal situation. They just wanted to say, hey, this is done and move along and hope nobody would notice. That was, that was the plan. And don't let anyone deny that to you. The hope was that no one would notice what was going on here. But we did. We in the media did. So th this is me wanting to give advice here, okay? I'm trying to help you out, people who work at London hospitals and people who are on the hospital board. Phil is ready. This is for you. Okay. 
trying to help you. Confidence amongst staff and amongst people in the London community and the surrounding area has taken a hit in the last month as far as how that hospital is run. Now, the hits go back far longer than this month. And in the case of many of the board members and a lot of the managers, the hits go back far longer than you've been in the role that you're currently in. I understand that. I understand. But it's not gone well. And I understand that the impulse might be to blame people like me, blame the media. Oh, why are you guys doing this story? Why are you guys telling our story about the $2.50 coupon that was given to employees the same week they found out that their bosses were getting raises 40 times larger on a percentage basis than the ones they were? Why are you doing that? I understand there's compulsion to blame me, but people who work in that hospital, and there are thousands of them, and they are very important members of these communities, without people working in hospitals, we'd all be in a real bad way. They're pissed. They're angry. They're sending me emails telling me they're angry. And I am then subsequently explaining that anger to the masses. Because I think that how people working at our hospitals feel about their current professional environment is very relevant to this community. So this is me giving you some advice. Just everybody pull up a chair and listen to my advice. I'm trying to help you out here. I'm being your friend. I think that you should talk to somebody like me, do an interview, have a, a, a real exchange about what's going on at our hospitals right now. Do a news conference. Open up the floor. Take questions not just from me, from my colleagues in the media as well. We'd show up. Do a news conference. Have a conversation about the way that people on the front lines are feeling about how that hospital is run and the way people on the front lines are feeling about how they're appreciated or not appreciated for doing the very important work they do. Let's have a conversation about that. I'm not going to yell and scream at you. I'm just going to have an honest conversation, an honest dialogue. And I think that a lot of people who work in that hospital, a lot of people in this community would appreciate something like that occurring. So I'm trying to help you out here by saying this is a good idea. I'll tell you that for free. This is a good idea. I think you should do it. I think it would turn the temperature down a little bit. Can't possibly hurt. It can't make things worse. How's it going to make anything worse? People are angry. They're not going to be more angry. Well, probably not. But if you're smart about your answers, they're not going to be more angry after something like that. So either it's going to calm the waters a little bit, or you're going to find yourself in the exact same situation you're in right now. So this is me trying to help you out. I hope that you understand that because there are a lot of concerns in the community and amongst staff there. You should see my inbox. You should see the number of people who downloaded the podcast I did with Peter two weeks ago. I took a little break last week just because I was off. I was in Cleveland seeing Springsteen for a bit. Obviously, we had Good Friday as well, but you should see the numbers from the podcast two weeks ago and you should see the response from the podcast two weeks ago. And then... We have the attempt of burying a Paul Wood settlement, which again, the board may or may not have been able to find a better way out of that particular situation, but nonetheless, burying a Paul Wood settlement right before a long weekend. Like that's, that's tough. The hospital is a really important part of this community. And I think 
confidence in it being run properly and run well or as well as possible given the difficult circumstances. I think that's important. And again, I understand that a lot of these answers, if we're being truthful, that would come from the hospital, that would come from the board would say, and, and, and no one's going to actually say this to me in these words, but I think that a lot of the answers, if we're being truthful, would say, geez, Craig, you know what? I would love to pay nurses a little bit more. I would love to pay maintenance staff and people working on the front lines more than we're paying them right now. But I can't. The province put the screws to us there. We're not allowed. Can't do it. I bet you I would be able to have that conversation if I was speaking honestly with a lot of people who are in positions of power at that hospital. So my question is, why can't we have that conversation publicly? Let's put some pressure on the government here. If you are thinking that your employees need someone to stick up for them, I agree. Why can't we just do that then? What's the downside? Is the hospital going to cut, is the government going to cut funding to nurses even more than they already have? I would hope not, but I just don't know what the downside is. So I, I think that in the interest of the well-being of this community, we should have that conversation. There's my take. You heard from me. Uh, we got to wrap up this episode of the podcast here. Thank you very much for listening, downloading, subscribing. Like I said, I was hoping to see if we could get Phyllis ready on this podcast. Maybe we'll do it some other time. I hope we can. That would be great. Didn't work out for today's episode, but like I said, hopefully some other time. Thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing, reviewing all that fun stuff with the Craig Needles podcast, which you can find at classicrock981.com and londonnewstoday.ca and on your favorite podcast app. The Craig Needles podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network. 